This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen, and I'm so annoying, I make Amanda Holden look like a good time. He eats a lot of mints. I'm Aaron Twitchin. And you're listening to Sissy Dead Pod, your favourite RuPaul's reaction podcast. This week we are getting into the penultimate episode of Drag Race UK Season 5. It flew by, I have to say, this season. I can't believe it's nearly over. When they said it was the final next week, I was like, oh. And then another part of me was like, I get Thursdays back. <laughs> I don't have to camp in my car anymore. <laughs> well, it is a stand-up, or it's a roast challenge. They t- try to tie it into gladiators. It's a bit of a fail. Uh, but we're going to get into the weeds of it. And joining us is the wonderful Clara Kavanagh from the House of Gossip podcast. Uh, before we get into it, there are still tickets for the charity table quiz I'm doing in the Bernard Shaw on the 15th of December if you want to come along. Uh, all proceeds to LGBT Ireland. And I would love to see you there. But for now, let's get into the show. From the legendary House of Gossip, it is Clara Kavanagh. Thanks for joining us on the show again. Oh, thank you. What an intro. <laughs> uh, how have you found uh, this season of Drag Race UK? I've loved it. Now, I was a caramel stan. when I, I live in London and she was like like the Beyonce of drag. I'm obsessed with Beyonce. So and any of the drag shows I saw when I moved here, Caramel was in all of them. And I was like, why isn't she on Drag Race? So I've been a bit sad since she's gone. I know she was with Sassy or maybe she, as you guys were saying in previous episodes, maybe she'll be better on an All-Stars when she's matured a bit and like settled into her transition. But I've really enjoyed it. It's been very fun. I think the everyone's quite strong now. It's kind of, there's no like one clear winner, especially after tonight's episode. So... Just because you said the Beyonce of drag, I mean, I feel so many queens have claimed they're the Beyonce of drag mm. at this point. When who do you feel is the is the true Beyonce of drag? Is is it Caramel? I think so. Like, because what I like about her is she doesn't try to impersonate Beyonce's personality. It's all in the dance moves, and like I've, from her social media, you see that she read she learns all the choreography, especially for Renaissance, and that's where I think she kind of embodies her. Because you don't like Snatch Game when you see a few people do it. And it's just like, don't bother. Just don't, don't, don't. So she does have a regal air of her that Beyonce does have. She does. The goddess vibe. That ocean. But I will always think of Trinity K. Bonet doing Beyonce in that Super Bowl (laughs) challenge as as the de facto Beyonce of drag, probably for me. Yeah, I I would say the Beyonce of drag is Sierra, no? <laughs> I thought she'd been doing that for 20 is she years. Is not the drag of Beyonce? <laughs> Surely the drag of Beyonce is Rita Ora oh, dragging yeah. her back down. Oh, she's not the drag. Being Becky she, with the good hair. She's the drag of Rihanna, I feel. She is. <laughs> no, I thought Rita Ora was Becky with the good hair. Is well, that not? Well, was that fake rumours? That was the rumour. They also think it's Gwyneth Paltrow. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, and they were pictures of Jay Z and Gwyneth Paltrow, and a lot of. The- Will you stop sending vagina candles to my husband? <laughs> yeah, if it was Becky with the good candles, it would have been. No. <laughs> Becky with the good wick. Uh, okay, on to this week's episode. The queens arrive back into the workroom. Um, they're just having a bit of fun. I thought there was a fun that there was three. Two, one, and zero badge holders. Mm. They're doing a wig swap. Just having a gay old time. Who's your favourite of the remaining queens, Clara? I think Michael Maruli. 
Um, Ooh, I just, I don't know, I had a tender moment with him last week and his beloved Peter. Personally, did you? I just. Did he hold you in his arms? <laughs> I don't know, I just think, I think, you know, remember in the first few episodes, Vicky and Michael were like, we can't believe we're here. Like, we're of a certain age, we're seasoned queens. And I just kind of was like, I'm so happy for you that you've gone this far. And like made it onto track race, blah blah. And I just think all the attention's kind of gone to Ginger, deservedly so. But I I do think there's like a dark horse about Michael that and I just think there's a lovely humility or a nice thing. I don't know, I don't really warm to Ginger. Tamara is just kind of one note or something. Um I don't know. I one really note like... in three different accents, O'Clara. Yeah. <laughs> She's such range. I know. But she yeah. Tamara has like no fear. I feel like she's like, well, who called her like the Tasmanian devil on acid? Like that's Tamara. And like that energy is amazing. Um, and But I think there's like, a, we, we've yet to see kind of like a an endearing moment with Tamara. Like she's all party. Whereas I feel like we've seen the light and shade with Michael Maruli. And plus it's so fun to say. Yeah, she's doing a full Renaissance album. Like where's the ballads? Yeah. Like, give us a ballad tomorrow. Like... <laughs> Just yeah. cry. Yeah. <laughs> You're tr- it was nice what you said about Michael, though. And then I think you really got that. You know, you're saying, oh, how couldn't believe that they were there. And then um, when they were getting the judges' comments, and, you know, when Rue said to everyone, like, you girls have all got it. Like, mm. like, this is it. Like, it was really nice that they all got to sit in that moment for a minute yeah. and be like, because how often do we, like, succeed at something or get somewhere really far? And you're so busy doing and, like, working that you don't really take that moment to look around and be like, huh, the view here is nice. I did it. Like, mm-hmm. congratulations to me. And I feel like you could really see it in Michael's face that they were like, yeah, I bloody did. Mm. Um, and I think that is really nice to enjoy. Maybe I'm a bit emotional, but I had a tear at that. No, but I, I agree. And some and sometimes it's that thing of, oh, this is I'm here and this is what I wanted. And sometimes it does it doesn't feel the way you think mm. it would feel. But I imagine in that moment for Michael, it probably felt exactly how he hoped it felt, which was just just love and uh, acceptance and affirmation from from RuPaul, which I said must have, must have felt good. Mm. I just want to build a case filled with rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this week they do the roast challenge and they they try to tie it into the theme of the iconic Saturday night competition show Gladiators. Which, look, I think Gladiators is an institution. Uh, I'm glad that they tried to give it a nod, but this just didn't work as like a clashing of themes. I didn't personally feel. Really? You didn't like, think that the BBC were just trying to shoehorn in a massive franchise that they'd bought and were planning to launch <laughs> later this year? You, d- you didn't think that that worked? And I'm glad that you actually no. straight away got that it was Gladiators as in the Saturday Night TV show, not, unlike my housemate who spent 10 minutes being like, where's Russell Crowe? Uh, <laughs> that, that was a really long minute for him. Um, well, I, I was hoping Ulrika Johnson and John Fashioner would be like the yeah. guest judges or something. Well, not John, but like Ulrika. No, you know what they should have done is wheeled out Sharon Day who used to be Amazon and then make her explain her transphobic views and then just roasted her to death. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been worth viewing. That would have been worth the theme alone. But at least like, the, the, like if you think gladiators, you think, you know, on my first whistle or gladiators ready. Like it wasn't even like audience ready, mm. drag queen. Ready. Like there was none of like the iconic beats of gladiators. They just sort of came out in this, 
like kind of Jane Fonda workout gear and like just screamed at the start of each of their sets which I think maybe was kind of good maybe to get the, the the energy up in the room but like they didn't even come from the back of the stage where you'd imagine someone entering the ring would come I don't know this was a, a flop of a concept yeah, yeah they I could think- have at least done the roast while running up a travelator like that would have been ent- oh. in heels. That would have been entertainment. Like hanging on to hanging on to ropes. Like make it a bit more Survivor, and like you had to tell a joke while battling someone with a uh, an iPad thing or whatever it was. What do they call those toothpick things? The earbuds. Oh yeah, I think they were trying to make it different because, like you know, some of the themes are repeated a lot. But that yeah, you're right. That was just a bit of a shoehorn theme, or it didn't really gel together like they could have even just had a referee or someone or had one of the evicted drag queens to be the ref or something I don't know yeah yeah that's a good idea yeah or have like you know have them two do their sets like side by side and then the referee like puts oh, the hand yeah. up the winner or there's like so a roast just, battle like they used to on Comedy know. Central yeah 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 exactly like th- I know n- n- who thought I'd be complimenting season three's Heavenly Gates roast <laughs> but at least that the, at least that a theme is a theme was <laughs> was just a theme and they all dressed like angels and it looked good like this I don't know because we know the Gladiator franchise it's just I don't know it, it irked me mm. well let's see well, what the BBC do with squeezing me. the Gladiator franchise into more of their um, profitable TV shows do you know what I mean like let's see the one show Gladiators let's have Alex Scott and Gethin Jones fighting to the death on the yeah. one show that'd be good let's have <laughs> it on Country File let's have like yeah EastEnders well that's <laughs> every week isn't it just them doing a Gladiators battle I think yeah um, <laughs> Like I mean, it. I enjoyed Letters. I like to when Sky bought it back mm. and now BBC have bought it back. Like, I mean, I think it's a fun format. So I, I'm I think you should enter. I'm back again. I'm not very fit. So I don't think it lasts. That's why I want I... you to enter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get into it. But first, I do want to talk about Alan Carr's Masterclass. Quote, Masterclass. Mm. Did he give one tip? Yes. Um... What Go you with your gut. Don't don't um, slag the teeth. Don't slag the teeth, which they all did. But that wasn't even <laughs> yeah, a real tip because more he... rule. <laughs> Go with your gut. Oh, is that a yeah. tip? Um, it's like, oh, here's a t- here, Claire. Here's a tip for you ahead of your interview. Go with yeah. your gut, like the most basic <laughs> advice. And then he says at one point, comedy is like sex. Don't talk about it. Mm. Just do it. Which I mean. In this new consent world we're talking about is wrong advice for sex. But I, and, and I, mean, I, I mean, Aaron, you're the stand-up. Is it good advice for comedy? I imagine preparation is key. Yeah, no? I would say my advice to new comedians out there is comedy is like sex. Don't talk about it and don't do it. <laughs> Abstinence is key, guys. We don't need Abstinence any more of you. <laughs> the roster's full. Yeah, that, that seemed like a real old joke that he just wheeled out. But then I think they kind of encouraged that though, didn't they? Because he was also like, oh, here's, go for some good starter ones. Go, oh, she's so dumb. She's, you know, like really setting them up to do the classics. Mm. But also can we, I think we need to be really clear that a roast isn't stand up. And they, they, they seem to conflate the mm. two in this episode. And it's like, yeah, roasting is like a great skill. And like, it's funny and it, like, you have to be a good joke writer to do it. But it is also a niche skill within that. Like a lot of comedians mm. wouldn't be good roasters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of good roasters maybe wouldn't be good 
stand-up comedians. So I, I do think they've kind of made the two the same there, and I don't necessarily think that they are. Oh, I always figured uh, that Rosie was just a, like a subsection of stand-up. That's interesting. Because obviously you've got people like Nikki Glaser, who's famous purely for her roasting. I don't know if I've ever seen her just do stand-up. Maybe she does, but... That's um, so true. Yeah, I, I just, it's a particular type of, of joke. Yeah, you can do that at every Saturday night. Can you imagine if I just went on stage and then started roasting every other act that had been before me? Like, one, I'd seem conceited, and two, they'd be pouring laxatives in my Chardonnay. I just... <laughs> <laughs> the drive home would be very different. <laughs> They're very different. Uh, Aaron, you like a bit, you like a bit of competitive spirit in the show. Did you? What? How did you find Dee Dee's... You know, choosing of the order. Absolutely loved Did it. You, was it as... I think she was lucky there was oh. only four of them because I don't think she would have been able to count past that. No. Um, she... <laughs> One, two... <laughs> what I loved most was... What I loved most about that was not Dee Dee trying to squiddle everyone else with a bad position. It was Ginger trying to trick Dee Dee into doing what she wanted. Oh, are you sure... You don't want to go first, Dee Dee, because that's where all the jokes are. Someone might say your jokes otherwise, which tells you everything about the roasting style that we were going for. Because when I go up on stage, I do not worry about going third because someone else might have said my set. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I thought Dee Dee was just so overwhelmed. I don't think because everyone's like, oh, she's game planning. It was like, I just think she's on the spot and like trying to put people into places. Um. But I just thought it was interesting how, like, Rue, which just with Kate Butch's exit last week, Rue knew that there was a roast and obviously didn't want, for some reason, Kate Butch in that roasting. Maybe they wanted Dee Dee in it so there'd be somebody who would bomb. I don't know. Just oh, felt, what do you think? But then I don't know because it's weird that they let Dee Dee choose the order because normally the winner from the mm. week before would get the prize. And we've been saying all bloody season, where are these bloody prizes? And they gave it to the person who won the lit sink which is almost like they were trying to help Dee out because I think what mm. you just said that's a really good thought mm. and it doesn't match that maybe though maybe they maybe it's just like bad. to ruffle feathers because I feel sorry for Dee like as you guys were saying was it last week that it's like it's she's just gonna get more and more hate for knocking out favorites which isn't her fault so then I thought it was nice that she got an extra episode because you kind of got to know her a bit better because yeah, I just felt like she they get maybe they gave her an easy treatment because they're like, oh god, you're gonna be annihilated when this goes live or something. Mm. That's why they sent Vicky in to have a go at her so that people Ooh. would feel sorry yeah. for her. Oh, I know. Why don't we just send Vicky bonkers. in to kick her in the face and <laughs> just before she goes on to lip sync for her life? That's a good idea. Yeah, Vicky vicious. Mm. Um, no, I like I. I think it's kind of ironic because I think Didi has been maybe the worst. The f- for a few weeks maybe not in a row but like maybe two or three weeks she was maybe the worst at the back and I actually don't think she was the worst this week I think it's kind of ironic that this is the week that she goes home after all I, that yeah. mm, are we going to talk about, oh, do you want to talk about it I, we'll get yeah. into it first I do want to talk about the mirror moment though about getting to know um, Dee Dee and I thought it was really like vulnerable for her to tell like kind of <laughs> when she was younger so maybe what two three years ago kind of the self-loathing she had about herself, how she was the butt of the joke in her friend group, how she she described herself as, I think, was overweight with braces until she found her queer tribe. And I think, because I've been kind of struggling to connect with her, and I think, I think hearing this 
is somebody who's maybe still bruised from she didn't use the word bullying and I'm not going to categorize it as that if she doesn't categorize it as that but like I guess an insecurity from the thoughts of others and I wonder maybe she's not maybe she's not comfortable enough with herself that she can share herself with us as the audience or something like that maybe that's part of the disconnect but I definitely had a lot of compassion for her after this yeah episode. and I think like so young like if I was to go on a reality tv show in drag at 20 I would like I don't know what I was saying like my Facebook memories from that time are so embarrassing and I really don't recognize that person so like I couldn't imagine being on a show and representing yourself your family your the, her drag family like Christopher Versace all that dynasty so it's like you know it was nice to kind of get to know her and like why should you have your stuff shit sorted out you're like you're only 20 you're a baby Look, I can genuinely say I went on a reality show when I was 20. <laughs> I never talk about this. I never, ever talk about this. I can't believe I'm going to say it. I went on a reality show when I was 20 and you do not rep yourself. <laughs> Please say the villa. <laughs> I, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I, when I tell you I have hidden this from the internet to the point where I've gone in and edited the Wikipedia page 15 years ago and got rid of my name from it. <laughs> I can't. Um, I was on a reality show called Dumped where they made, I didn't know what it was going to be. I thought it was going on shipwrecked and they, it was about the environment because the environment's bad guys. Don't know if you don't know this. Um, And they made us live on a rubbish site in Croydon for three weeks and survive off of rubbish. It was channel four. It was very heavily promoted at the time. Wow. Got to meet Richard and Judy, but you, (laughs) yeah. It's not who I am, like, 20-year-old me with, like, oh, my God, like a shoulder-length blonde bob talking about, I don't even know. It was Oh, that's amazing. Moment. So, yeah, you don't know who you are. So maybe I should be more sympathetic to DD. But I think that is... <laughs> we'll edit. Cut that. Cut I'm that. so What a weird concept for a show. Oh, I know God. Channel 4 pushed some boundaries, but that's, like, like... Dumpster in Croydon. Wow. Oh my god, I know. Living on a dump in Croydon. I'm not sure if I know exactly your age and I'm not gonna speculate, but I feel this was around the time where they had that show of people staying up like yeah, couldn't go it to sleep. That time. It's real sort of wild, wild west yeah. times of reality <laughs> TV in the UK. But at least there was prize money on our show. We went away with twenty thousand pound and tetanus. So <laughs> it was all good. <laughs> oh, there's Come a comedy shots. there's a comedy show on that. Yeah. <laughs> um but I don't know with Didi, like whether it's about her um, still feeling the bullying or whatever she felt before, or whether it is about like she just isn't owning the things that she is really good at and she's trying to be everything still. And she just isn't, we talked about it with Caramel because she's transitioning, but like maybe Didi just doesn't know exactly who she is. Cause I definitely didn't at 20. I had a lot of ideas about who I thought I was and who I wanted to be compared to other people. And there's a few things that Didi has said, like when she said, oh, I didn't find my, I found my tribe. And I'm like, that's a kind of cliche thing to say. Like I've heard that. And it's like, I think you're modeling yourself on who you think you should be, who you want to be. Because you're 20 and you're just not there yet. And I'm sure in five, six, eight, ten years time, when she's got a really solid knowledge of who she is and she's confident to say it, she'll, yeah, she'll be much more confident. But yeah, you're right. Going on a show like that at 20 is tough. I mean, I was only out, a, like, when I was 19 or whatever. So I, I would have been only out a year. Like, I wouldn't have found my... I mean, Didi probably came out earlier or whatever. But, like, 
you know, you, you kind of start your queer life as soon as you come out, so you kind of have to start all over again. It takes a while for you to properly find the people around you who, you know, who are like you and stuff like that. So, um, similarly, then Ginger discussed not having any queer people around them, playing rugby. Iconic. And I can imagine her on a really... pitch. Wow. <laughs> but what I really enjoyed was that, you know, the commentary that masculinity is performance, which is something I think about quite a lot. And, and uh, yeah, I thought it was... Ginger's really giving the cheddar gorgeous of this season the profound statesperson of drag uh, and I think wherever they speak there's always something that we can take away and kind of nibble on until we, we get the next nugget of knowledge from her <laughs> yeah I mean that, that analogy wasn't great <laughs> okay on to the actual roast uh, guest judge Ashling B first up was Tamara Thomas aka Flaming Fanny Fighter Clara, thoughts? Uh, I thought it was... Tamara has no fear. And also from her VTs, it looks like she has no teeth. So I thought it was just a bit like... You know, she's like laughing and stuff. I thought it was a really good strong opener. That's a hard uh, one to go for. I loved her monster munch toe joke about Naomi Carter. That was really set me off. But I think like on reflection especially when Michael and Ginger were so good and then when the judges were talking about it you're like actually it was good because it was the first one so she did well I think to go first uh, but then I think as the other two were just so much better that it kind of made hers look really chaotic <laughs> I feel like she even she delivered even things that weren't jokes mm. as jokes that sometimes left people confused like Michelle, you're stunning. <laughs> and then was like, what's the joke? That was just oh, a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd love to go to one of her shows. I'd say, because it seems also improv and like off the cuff and she's great on stage. Um, but I don't know about like well thought out jokes or something. I don't know. I just didn't think mm. she paled. She was very strong, but I think paled in comparison. Yeah, she was absolutely giving the energy of Live at the Apollo, but the content of Frog and Bucket open mic night, wouldn't she? Like, Mm. yeah, there was a lot of okay, but there was some good ones. Like when she did the Alan Kerr, your teeth are like my thigh gap. That was that was a joke. (laughs) She wrote that. That that's not bad. Um, But she's what she does is she sells it. And to be fair, I think she did the best that she could with what she had, and the. I think that that goes to the series. That was the best we could have expected from a roast, I think, with the four people that were there. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't brilliant, but God, it could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? Could have been. There was no, like, wah, wah moments, really. And, like, she ends with a guess, a joke of her saying, Ren RuPaul, you better put my ass in the final or I'm going to kill you. But then, like, kind of says it in the, if you can't... You know, if you can't love yourself, how else you can love anyone else? And like, also does a wig reveal at the time. Was just that an impression like... of someone though? I didn't know whether she was I, I... doing a bit. From it wasn't like a rue wig. Series. I yeah. couldn't remember. I, I thought she was. Yeah, Is I it not? Um, oh, who was it? Who used to argue with Alyssa all the time? Um, Coco. Coco yeah, Montreux? was it not that? Is that not a meme? Maybe. Uh, if the the, oh, the well, if it is the listeners are going to be girl, screaming at I mean, us, but I feel like I mean, it was girl, meant to be. Orange, you look. I feel like it was meant dash? to be that. I feel like it was meant to be a uh, like reenacting a meme, but maybe I was wrong. Do you know what though? What I will say, as I was watching that, I was thinking this is kind of crap, but an audience would be eating it up. Like if you were at a live night, 
that would be being eaten right up. And I'm not going to lie, I would have been eating it right up. So maybe when you sat there with your little pen, like I was judging away, <laughs> it's not brilliant. But like in the in the moment of it, I would have been like, what a queen. I, this is, I can't help myself with tomorrow. Like that was yeah. decidedly on paper crap. But didn't she sell it so well? I was yeah. buying. I was buying it all. She goes like balls to the wall. And like even like in her snatch game, like, it made no sense, but it like was for, for some reason worked. It was like, and I think like she just throws everything at it, and then like it actually Rue's obsessed with her, and like it actually does land. Whereas like, and she, she yeah, just it goes back to that not having any fear and just it's all confidence, and it just shows you how much that can that can actually work because she's just like, oh, it's okay. Sometimes it looks unprepared, but then other times it's like she's just so charismatic that I think, like. I'll never be able to put on a coat again without thinking it's for shoplifting. Oh my God, I've said that three times this week. You're so right. You're so right. Do you think she is actually genuinely terrified though? Like, so she says, no fear, no fear. But really she sits in her hotel room just crying with absolute fear until it's all gone. And then she just paints her face and goes out. Yeah, just imposter syndrome. Yeah. But I think that's a real, like, I think Tamara is a better example of like a really, of a UK celebrity rather than like an American celebrity. Like, think of someone like Stacey Solomon when she's on the X Factor there's these celebrities that you, you just love because you just don't know what's going to come out of their mouth next and whenever they speak we're excited to hear what they're going to say you know someone like a Gemma Collins or whatever whereas I don't really feel like those people get as as celebrated in the US so I think that's kind of why you know Tamara really works here in the UK 100% I don't think it translates yeah, even in Adele I'm trying to think whether to a, to a yeah. perspective but there's a warmth um, to it as well like I think that's what those reality characters have in common and that Tamara has is there's a warmth even though she is a shady bitch like, <laughs> there is a real warmth to her I think mm. and I think not just not from her tan just like it, it, it does come across well yeah 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 and I think she's kind of laughing at herself at the whole thing. Like, this is all ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This isn't real. Whereas it's not, it doesn't come across as that nasty, I guess. Next up was the DD Decimator, <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> who I think maybe had the opposite problem. I think she had some, like, whatever, decently kind of written jokes, but just kind of maybe lacked the delivery. Did you? Uh, you want to share one with the I group? Yeah, <laughs> I thought the Kate Butch, you're like an airport because your drag is terminal and your departure was delayed. I thought that, that was, was I, that, that one was, got a take on okay. my book actually. I did have that all right down. Yeah, okay, yeah. I liked the um, you know, the what with Taru and she was like um, walking stick clickety clack or something. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't too bad. That was a fun. It was fun the same old well. ground though, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Michelle's had both. Oh, yeah. old. Alan's mm. got teeth. Like there must be so many things to dig into. Like I don't know. Mm. Why does no one talk about Rue? I don't know. Drilling for oil. Like there must be so much there to go for. Like why is <laughs> why is, why is no one going on Alan for appearing on every freaking show going on the BBC? <laughs> like there is so much ground to cover, but they all plod the same fields and it's farmed. You're dead right with Alan though. There's a lot of ground with Alan and the UK judge because obviously there's been so many roasts in the US. Yeah. You've heard all that. There was a whole Michelle Visage, Carson, mm. Ross, blah blah blah. Um. Yeah, Alan, there's definitely so much we could go on to for him. Even the fact that he shares his name as the guy who stops you uh, yeah. smoking. I mean, that, that's a joke in and of yeah. itself. Um, mm. So much ground. But it. I actually thought Dee Dee was way more confident than I thought she would be, actually. And like, I know you say she didn't deliver it as well as Tamara, but I think you just mean she didn't deliver it as loud as Tamara. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought she actually delivered it pretty well. I just thought 
there was just something missing in all of the jokes. They were, it was like a half full can of Coke. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't as much fizz to them. It was all yeah. the right bits. If you were teaching someone how to write jokes, you'd probably teach them how to do that. But yeah. it wasn't, it just didn't sparkle because it's, that's not her jam. It's the delivery, I think. Or I just don't think she's very naturally funny. So it must be much harder. Whereas like Tamara would be like naturally roasting them in the workroom anyway. Because even she tells a joke about Tamara, says there's two things fake about Tamara, her face. Yeah. And I guess she should have said her yes, faces. Yes, yes. Like, I guess you. it's a joke of her being two-faced. Mm. She's a great joke, but was she predictable. My housemate shouted the answer before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should get yeah. your housemate on. We hear so much about them. <laughs> You'll be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, um, My housemate is yeah, uh, be- Vicky Vivacious. <laughs> 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 She pushed me into doing this. Uh, the the uh, uh, G- Ginger Johnson was up next as the Geordie Walloper. Yeah, sorry. What was your what was your wrestler name, Aaron? Oh well, I didn't really at first. I, I actually had to pause the episode. It's been ten minutes. So I was like, he's gonna ask me, and I'll feel bloody stupid. So I thought it would be like you know with the Gladiators where they all had like they were named like I don't know like Trojan or Rhino or Wolf, and I was like, oh, you got to go with an animal. So I thought I'll be Flamingo. <laughs> I thought it was strong, and then I realised it was more like based off your name, and I struggled. So I went with Scaring Aaron, which oh god, Dee Dee could have written that joke. It was that poor. <laughs> But thank you, thank you, you for like forcing the, me to the... share that with the group. Very great. <laughs> <laughs> you could do like the Devon Destroyer or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Be ready to get cream teed or something. That sounds weird. Wow. <laughs> Look, I spend a lot of time writing my jokes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not ready to improvise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Well, let's talk about someone who definitely wrote their jokes because these were all really good. Um, Ginger mm. Johnson We had in there Tamara so iron She pisses Vitamin Very C um, Kate uh, Kate Butch's heart, Makeup or, or Her wig line Is so hard That Rue would snort it In the 90s <laughs> Love that one There was some re- Do you have Do you have a favourite That comes to mind Clara um, Oh she, I can't remember the, or When she was um, Reading Michael Maruli For their makeup was so funny it was like oh even a like a blind person she paints for the blind so they can see it paints for the person at the back of the room in australia and then in australia in the blind blind society that's it yeah the run on michelle was really good as well oh her body is a temple ancient for 50p she'll let tourists (laughs) in and oap is free on a sunday like that That was was good and then if you're talking about runs as well like she took like um, Tamara had already covered Naomi's toes and she could have been mm. like oh I can't do it because it's already been done but then she knew she had four more jokes go on the back of it so like yeah and that was a run and that yogurt culture joke I can't remember what it was now was it about Dee Dee oh Dee Dee's never heard of this I've seen yogurt with more I've culture I've eaten yogurt's more culture yeah, yeah exactly was yeah. it was just excellent wasn't it and there was a bit of physical with the cards as well you know when she had the cards stuck when she did um, Kate that. Butch and then she rolled that like it was very mm. well rounded you knew, you knew what you were getting I mean, the judges seemed to say that they were marking her down for the use of the cards. And I mean, I remember Blair St. Clair with her notebook turning the page. That was a real momentum killer. And I know Juju B came out with, with notes and all stars four. But I don't know. I didn't, re- I didn't really feel like the notes detracted because she didn't stop to read them. She kind of had them there. She looked at them. She kept yeah, going. Yeah, I think it was just splitting hairs maybe. And then it was... 
the the when Michael Maruli threw the notes, it was like, oh, yeah. okay, battle lines. So they must have just because yeah. they were neck and neck. I was like, I couldn't, I didn't notice the cards either. But then when they noticed it, it was like, well, that's the only difference because like they were both just as funny as each other. And I think you're right. It's that Michael went on and threw them down. I think that's the best thing that they could have done as well. Like it just really laid down that gauntlet straight away. And I thought this could go one of two ways. You can either be really shit now because you will forget a joke and you'll be like, bugger. But like that, that mental thing, the psychological trick of like throwing them down, that was confident and experienced. I loved it. Yeah. I'd love to be faced with that such a high pressure environment Three people have gone, you're the last one. The person who's just gone before you has killed it. And you to be able to go out there and say every joke and it to be better. Like, if I did that, you'd like, kill me now. I'd be so happy. Like, it was such a feat. Like, it's such a hard thing to get right. I was so good. Loved it. It's tough. So it's tough. tough. Well, let's speak about Michael. Um, I would say, and look, maybe, maybe I'm oversensitive about this and maybe it's three years of you know <clears throat> James being a big uh, body positive component and pointing at all the fat phobic jokes but I did feel that some of the jokes were maybe slightly too mean <laughs> for Michael's <laughs> um, I, and I think the, the, the fat jokes are a bit dumb especially for Ginger Johnson who isn't even fat the, the bypass and the sugar coating bit uh, but the, some of them were very good outside of those that I really enjoyed did you have any favourites Clara? I liked when the um, was it to Kate Butch and they were like your vibrator goes limp or something <laughs> yes very good I also love you're so gay you could sit in a crayon and tell and know what colour it is <laughs> that's good that's good or how did you find find this I Anne? thought it was I thought it was excellent I thought it was really well presented it was very much like a great audition to host a club night it was a bit like, I think the reason why some of those jokes felt a bit mean and a bit like uh, outdatedly fat phobic is probably because they were written 15, 20 years ago. I mean, it was very, it was like karaoke in our house because we were just calling out the answers before he'd say them. <laughs> like it was a bit, yeah. it, some of them were a bit <laughs> predictable, like you, you'd heard them before, but it really made me think, I want to see this show. Like I would go and see this show. Like if he was doing that at 11, 12 o'clock at night, in a club I'd be going I'd be losing my mind I'd be loving it and it was proper British drag wasn't it like that is I think that's quintessential British drag so I loved it for that um but I did think Ginger had edged the win on that because at that point because the I I just thought they were more original fair written jokes whereas Michael didn't need them on a card because he's been saying them for 15 years in Grand Canaria do you know what I mean I mean the the only D she gets is depression. There's, there's that one like was great. Layers I will give that, that one. one. Yeah. I think they may have written that one. <laughs> or like speaking yeah. of strokes, RuPaul. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's Stephanie Preisner, and I want to tell you about my podcast. Basically. Basically, if you have anything that you don't understand or you want made simple, you contact me and I get someone in. I get an expert in to explain the situation to you. We've had episodes on what is the story with AI? What is the story with trying to conceive? What is the story with Brexit? What is the story with being the Taoiseach? We have so many episodes in our back catalogue for you to listen to. But also, if there's anything that you currently want made simple, contact me on Stephanie Preisner on Instagram and I will get an episode straight for you. 
category was Poofs on Parade. I think they could have written a better better title. Did you for get that it? One. Did you know what to expect with that title? I was like, huh? I first heard I first heard Boots on Parade oh. and then I had to then because Michelle said the word poof, I was like, Oh, it's poofs on parade. I expected everyone to have sleeves like Dee Dee, and that's not what we got. So I don't know. It was it was a bit tenuous, I think, how everyone interpreted interpreted. How this, do you interpret um, a poof category? Yeah, I think I think it's the, the sleeves Dee Dee had. I would say <laughs> in her in her golden one piece, uh, big poofy sleeves. It was all sort of baggy, but like not too baggy had a bow for a collar it was very dynasty it was very 80s and she definitely went home with a bang i think did you like it Claire? yeah i loved it um yeah loved the joan collins vibe i feel like between that and last week dd's definitely has like a real style to her drag yeah um so yeah but like you know i think she it was good that she went out on such a good episode considering all the other people who she sent home but it just I don't know if an outfit was going to save her um from mm. but like sorry Tamara on the other hand the judges said she looked nice but like what the hell that was not a poof you could see through it the hair I, I just thought everything the black corset the nipples on show she could have done like a glitzy nip she could, like, Did quite, you see quite, like the pants poof. as well? Like I didn't know whether it was the tuck or like there was some, and I was like, is she wearing? You could definitely see way too much through it, right? Yeah, I just thought it was like she, we've seen her do so much better. It kind of seemed like I don't have that outfit. I didn't bring it. This will do. I I don't like it was a mermaid tail skirt. She called it a poof. I didn't. And nobody called her out for it. At this yes. point, are we? So I do love the expression glitzy nip. <laughs> I, I think I think someone listening needs to become a drag queen called glitzy nip, and I will throw to I don't know. I liked I liked Alan Carr's. A muff would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was like, a muff would have been nice. Mm. Yeah, just something to like. I just, even the hair was up and scraped back like she could have gone like like the big wig last week like there could have just been i just thought it looked like unfinished or i think it was very her style i thought the wig was nice oh yeah i thought the wig was nice Mm. it was very like her style wasn't it It was very sleek i think with that lace maybe it didn't look so see-through at home i think when you're under those Mm. like do you remember like back in the like early noughties where they were always getting like pictures of celebrities from like Liberty X's nipples and like upshots and it was because like their flashes the bulbs were so bright like it just made the material and you wouldn't know and they had to like practice at home with like lamps I wonder if it was a bit of that like it wasn't that see-through at home and then under the stage lights it was but yeah I didn't I would never defend all. anyone else like this why am I such a Tamara <laughs> stan I don't know I, mean, I, I she was relying on her body again which I guess is her drag but you know we haven't heard Michelle say give us Glamazon one time. We, I'd like a big... Hopefully for this finale we get a big flowing gown with a train mm. and everything. No, I don't want and Glamazon. Nice I want Michelle to be like, give us Victoria Wood. Go, go, <laughs> yeah. go drag it back. <laughs> give us Hag, girl. Give us Hag. Give us Barbara Windsor. One <laughs> <laughs> for one time. I want cheaper. I want itchy. <laughs> I want TK to the uh, max. 
<laughs> well, not H&M anyway, for sure. We don't want to go for that. Uh, Ginger Johnson then came out with this shiny pink polka dot dress. Her interpretation of poof was like full of air. So she wore a hoop skirt so that she could let loads of air into her 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 minge, I guess. Uh, it was off shoulder, came with a yellow wig. I thought it looked ugly. Well, we knew that. That was the biggest reason of the season. It was shiny. Her interpretation was poofs with wind in, which is well, every Saturday Well, I thought it was night. ugly and it didn't fit the brief. I don't it was think. just a hula hoop under a dress. <laughs> yeah. I don't I hate those hoop skirts. I find them so distracting. The, hoop, yeah, the way they move as well. Mm, like, it didn't drape over it well, like, did it? And I think it might have been a bit short as well. It didn't touch. fully drape. And maybe it needed like two or three hoops so you got more of a like cylinder rather than just a, oh, yeah, my hula hoop is stuck. Um, <laughs> it was a bit panto, I think. Um, Very panto. Regional panto. <laughs> on a budget yeah. <laughs> at a matinee yeah. <laughs> in the old people's home because yeah. they booked it last minute <laughs> like it wasn't that bad let's be honest it wasn't no. that bad but um, it wasn't her best yeah she, it wasn't you know, good she do better and make it wasn't better, it yeah. wasn't good yeah that was it um, if yeah. if um, Tamara's was what she had left this was what someone else had found <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think Ginger made this. I just think she, I, I just didn't like it. It wasn't for me. But I mean, if if the category was different, if it was like space Saturday matinee budget, then yeah. it would be like <laughs> if it was like space couture or Jetsons or something like that, it kind of would work. But just not for the, I don't know. Anyway, finally, 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 Michael Maruli came out in my favorite look of the night: this blue shiny puffer jacket. They kind of billowed asymmetrically down with his tie high iridescent silver boots. Um and just oh kind of boy. strutted out there. Yeah, she looked great. Fiddler on the poof. There we go. <laughs> said there we go. Better than anything so Ashley good. B said, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did like it. That was the sleeping Gorge. bag I want for Glastonbury. Um, mm. I thought it was a good colour palette as well, actually. Like, it looked like it was made out of good material as well. Like, it looked expensive. Because that could have really um, drowned you, like, shape-wise. Like, I think an outfit like that is hard to make and tailor right. Um, but I think, yeah, it was draped really well. The colour choice was nice. The material was good. Good choices. I don't know why I said that so seriously. Well, it's a serious issue. Uh, then we go into <laughs> Untucked. The remaining queens out there. They explain that Caramel is sick. And then for no reason, Vicky comes yeah, along. Yeah, why is Caramel sick? Do they cover that? She's sick of the sight of those fucking losers. Or yeah. is it that she's too busy dealing with Tamara's house issues? Like the plumber is not round. The I don't think she's dead, been back to the house. The fridge is moldy. <laughs> I don't think she's been back. Maybe she's got COVID or something. I don't know. Um, Vicky comes for Didi and pushes her buttons for, for, for no reason it seems it seems just bitter and resentful Clara what's your make of this I thought uh, Ginger summed it up the best by saying like you holding that grudge is really unprofessional like let it go that was in like week one and that's part of the reason I never really warmed to Didi either because I just thought she was so mean to Alexis it was just so unnecessary and it's somebody who doesn't know how they're being perceived and how bad that looks. Obviously, Didi made a mistake, but I don't know. It was like 
Vicky was like coaxed into saying something or it just seemed really bitter and that's kind of like the last time people will see you on screen and it's just not a good look to be you know coming for people uh so I'm glad we got to know Didi a bit more because otherwise it would just be a bit like whoa and like Vicky didn't leave that long ago so it's like you're talking about something that was like 10 weeks ago where where are we circling back to this 100% like from my recollection of the like Didi was asked you know who she thinks would be in the bottom with her and she said Alexis and then Alexis Mm. got in her head and Alexis didn't perform and Alexis went home but she didn't. No, she didn't. Oh, she didn't. You're she, right. She wasn't she even the in the bottom. Yeah, yeah, they they managed to convince her. I remember they managed to convince her into thinking she'd done badly, but actually she'd done well. She got good comments, and then it was the next week that she, she went, went home. home. Yeah, but mm. it did so, it did undermine her confidence a little bit. Um, but that that says I think that is more a reflection on where Alexis was at that time, 100%. rather than what Dee Dee did. But I suppose we don't see all the inner workings backstage. Like if if no. Gigi had said Tamara was in the bottom where Tamara would have laughed and not taken it seriously. So like, yeah, you know, you have to. Alexis was a bit tender. Yeah, yeah. and that's you know that's not really Gigi's fault. She was asked a question. So I thought this was absolutely ridiculous. Carry on. I thought it was actually well-timed and perfect so that Vicky can come back for all stars or villains. I feel like that's what she's aiming for. Do you know what I think has probably happened is she was like, I'm going to go really far in this competition. I won the first episode. I'm going to get to the final. I better play nice. I'm going to be nice and sweet. I don't need to get the airtime for that. I'm going to get the airtime on talent alone. And then she went out and she was like, why the fuck did I not say that bitch did this? And another thing. And you. Ah, I didn't even mention pasties enough and she decided to be like and then she's come back and she's like well fine you want a villain I'm gonna give you a villain and she I think she just I don't know maybe she was also really pissed that Didi beat her that Didi was still there maybe not many people expected Didi to get as far as she did and that probably comes with it a lot of resentment especially if you think she'd been being underhand whether she was or not um but I actually think it's the best thing Didi could have hoped for is someone else being a villain in her presence when she is likely to get the butt from the fandom for taking so many girls out um, yeah. and I th- thought the most the best part was Ginger standing up for her like everyone else was sort of just sitting back eating popcorn a little bit which maybe we, we all would have been guilty of doing but it was nice that someone reached out and was like hang on a minute like maybe yeah. this is being taken out of control Oh yeah, but what? Why did they keep making all? They kept making all these jokes to Vicky, like Vicky Viagra, and that she was like mad horny and stuff. It was like, was she salty about that? I don't know. It was like, seems like she. Is it just because she's in an open relationship? She loves all the army boys. Oh, um, and that's why. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I thought because in the preview last week. Yeah, maybe. I think not. she loves that. Did Didi send Vicky home? Yeah. Who's? Oh. Uh, I'd forgotten that. Well, now, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. There we go. That's why we all know what this is about. Yeah. 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 Someone was home to Mr. Bitterbottom. That's all it was. Mm. (laughs) Bitterbottom. So it was Tamara versus Dee Dee lip syncing to Annie Lennox's Little Bird, which I like as a song, but I don't think really went anywhere in terms of a lip sync song. I think they both kind of gave similar-ish performances. But but they couldn't give another dance number because Dee Dee would have won. Yeah. So I think they had to give a ballad because it was like but something it wasn't to a get ballad. in. I don't like, know, Tamara can, yeah. Tamara can lay it down, yeah. 
I, th- mm. I think like it, it wasn't been. you know Silla Black anyone who had a heart like it wasn't a power ballad it was this kind of just like mid tempo funky song mm. um, that's I, very hard that's an odd choice. not even Annie Lennox performs that well yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it was an odd one I did think actually that um, Tamara had pipped it a little bit um, Dee, Dee, had, Dee Dee had a face on her from the start did you see she was like that dog meme which like just from the <laughs> off like dead like staring um i did think tomorrow moved about and had more um intention with their movements a little bit i think it slightly pips it but i agree i, I was ready she had for... more presence i think on stage yeah. and i think sometimes the way dd paints it's because it's such an instagram mug i think it's hard to see the person behind it sometimes whereas because tomorrow basically wears very little makeup you can see it's tomorrow um, so you can see her Didi's face though was stunning tonight I mean she it's did a- look like the most glorious lamp but it was a stunning lamp yeah absolutely um, so are we happy with Michael Murley winning I think so but maybe Ginger you've kind of convinced me that Ginger was better in the in the in the roast I think she was better in the roast uh, and I think uh-huh. but I think with the combination of the runway I think Michael pipped it Mm, I think it's fair better. that Michael took it. I think some of it is slightly so that we go with two that have got three badges, so it becomes like this ooh fight to the finish, um, which is why I think it would have been glorious if Dee Dee was there and Dee Dee won with no badges. <laughs> but okay, we've lost that moment. Um, I think yeah, it's fair enough that Michael won, and I actually loved the the moment that they got to just celebrate that they were there and then to win in that moment. I think is nice. So. Um, mm. But I, I do think Ginger did a better job. But I don't think anyone's going to be mad about that. I don't think Ginger's going home crying about it. So she's never going to read off a no. cue card again. So that's her presenting career down the drain. <laughs> but you know, she'll be fine. She needs to do auto cue. Be fine. Um, out of the remaining three queens, Clara, who do you want to win? Yeah, I think Michael. I don't know. I don't know why I don't. I can't connect with Ginger. I just can't. And anyone I talk to, they all love her. And like, I think she's great. It's a bit like I never really warmed Cheddar Gorgeous either, and I don't know why. I don't know. Just... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm well over the hill. But like, I don't know. I just I feel like I love Queens with a bit more like sass. I think that's why I loved Caramel so much. And like Tamara would definitely be under that um umbrella as well. What, what I struggle with, Michael, and to the same extent, Ginger, is they're real all-rounders and I kind of feel they're a master of nothing necessarily. And when I, a winner, I like to know, you know, Jinx Monsoon is great at comedy. Aquaria is great. Mm. I, I can't, like maybe that, that, that uh, this is too simplistic for me, but I kind of like to know they are great because they're good at this. Whereas Michael is just, I just feel like Michael is... Very, very good at a lot of things but I don't know what's his or her or their unique USP in drag I haven't got that yet that's a great point because it's a bit of a like you know Danny Beard and the Vivian it's that kind of like all rounder like funny queen but it's like it's just another version of the same yeah but shtick. I feel like Danny Beard and the Vivian proved that they were better at everything than Michael has has, has mm. is stronger like I just think they, is they it- were does it really bother you that Beyonce can sing and dance and write and sometimes act? I mean, why are you so why are you so angry about people having multiple streams? But because she's much better at some of those things than she is others. Okay, um, mm. I think I think a part of that is because the season's been so strong, so no one's really 
shine shined against other people. Um, mm. But I kind of see what you mean. I think, yeah, I think what I like about it is I think they're both really UK drag. Um, mm. Or maybe the UK drag that I like. I thought I did until Tamara came along and I just ruined everything. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't pick a winner. Uh, me, I honestly don't know which one. For me, I want Tamara to win. I think. Oh, wow. I yeah. just think, I you know what you get with her. She's a real, like, tour de force from her personality. I want to see her on the other reality TV shows. Like, imagine her on Celebs Go Dating. It would be an absolute scream. Oh. Like, I just think she has the most cross-market appeal um, as a personality in a way that I'm not... Uh, like, I like Ginger Johnson's cerebralness. I like kind of the things she's saying about performance and masculinity. I don't think she is as good at it as Cheddar Gorgeous was, who was bringing us you know the pink triangle and like talking much more cerebrally on like gender and stuff like that is it a bit like the grammys though where they have to reward a year later because they, they didn't they didn't crown they didn't cheddar award, last yeah. year so they have to crown like uh, yeah, cheddar b this year i don't know i think maybe it's in tamara's best interest that she doesn't win i think she can do all that cross reality crossover stuff anyway like i think yeah, she like absolutely will, and she should because she'd be brilliant at it whereas yeah. if she wins will it all go to her head in six months time will she have snorted it all up her nose and be in a k-hole like i don't want that for her i want her to thrive so maybe it's for the best that she doesn't win and have that pressure of that I actually, now that I've said that, I thought I did. But when I said it out loud, no, I don't think so. I think I might be a Michael Marulli as well, which is really odd. But maybe I'm doing that because I think Fleur East should have won X Factor years ago as an older contestant and she didn't. So I feel like, yes, Michael Marulli should win because she is an older contestant and sometimes the same colour as Fleur East. So you don't want Michael Marulli ending up in the Pantheon with One Direction... Fleur East, <laughs> Ollie Murs, they're sitting all together. You and Michael really to be in there with Leon Jackson and whoever be Fleur East. I guess, yeah, Leon Jackson and um, God, it's really hard to think of winners, isn't it? <laughs> Matt Cardle, there we go. Matt Cardle, oh God. Okay, well, look, I guess we'll find out next week. Clara, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Do you want to tell people about the gossip, our house of gossip? Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, so you can catch House of Gossip every th- Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. It is a weekly dose of pop culture nourishment and um, where we and my, my co-host Sophie and I chat about two gossipy topics and trash them out. What were we talking about this week? We did uh, an ode to Barry Keoghan, the Irish actor, mm-hmm. and juxtaposition with Puff Daddy and all that. Um, oh, the lawsuit, yeah. Isn't it widely talked about before anyway? Like, Aubrey O'Day, you remember from Danity Kane? Mm. It was like, Peter's making the band. She has been talking this for a long time. So yeah. it's not like it was hidden, hidden. No. So, no. But it's just, he has so much power. It's a bit, that's what we were saying. Like, it's a bit, he has a touch of the Weinsteins about him that mm. like, people are just so scared to go up against him. And then how can you, like, Aubrey O'Day has tried, but like, it's just mm. turning the wheel. But like, even when it broke last week, it wasn't even like on many websites. It was like on the corner yeah. of Daily Mail's like page six had one article. It was like, 
I feel like Lizzo got like dragged through the mud over, oh, okay, yeah. whatever's going, but that got way more coverage and this is way more dark. Mm. So it's just like, what? Like, Lizzo didn't blow have, up like, Kid Cudi's car. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we're treating her like she did. Yeah. And like, like whatever, I don't really know the outcome of the Lizzo case, but like, it's just, I, pe- I think people have like, um, like fatigue when it comes to finding out about men in Hollywood and they're, what they're truly like. And it's like, so the more stuff that comes out, the less people care. Maybe we're all desensitized to it, which is really sad. But anyway, is it, anyway it's if that hasn't discussed. wept your whistle, I don't know what <laughs> <Yeah>. will. Clara <laughs> Kavanagh, thank you so much for joining us here on Sissy Dead Pod. Thank you. I, I think we're getting a lip sync number, like a, a, a remix next week where there's going to be kicking and snatching the crowns. Yeah, do you think Carl will make it back? Caramel? Do you think she'll come back for the final? No? I don't think so. Imagine this is just like the next day. Oh. Mm. Mm. Well, no, they need time to practice the numbers, don't they? Like, to write their... They'll have to write their verse and they'll have to record the mm. fake podcast that they do with Rue and Michelle. Yeah. There's so much to do. Yeah. And also, what's got them crying? You know, they were like... Getting all the most, like they brought something in to make them. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it a is it a, fam- a family friend? Because nothing makes me cry more than letters from home. Yeah, but I think they're bringing them in. I think it's either their mum or a Labour government. I don't know which, but they were crying like it was. I remember doing a live show for the finale of season three of UK, and honestly, nothing made the audience turn against uh, Kitty Scott Claus when they found out her parents had a conservatory they, I think <laughs> she, she just became so instantly unrelatable I think that people were just like no she doesn't need to win anymore so okay. maybe this will be damage control I don't know okay we'll be back next week with the finale when one of those queens Michael Ginger or tomorrow will snatch the crown head over to Sissy Pod on Instagram to let us know who you want to see win um, I definitely think it's, I don't think there's one clear winner I think it's going to be interesting nah not at all could be anyone until then, uh, have a lovely week, and I shall see you. Love you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. 